Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playing and slaying. From the BOD studio, it is playing and slaying episode 30. Whew. So, 97% of podcasts don't make it to episode 30, and 74% of statistics are made up on the spot. I'm gonna let you guys figure <laughs> out which, which one of those numbers is accurate, but we're in the 3% club. Yes. So, here on episode 30, that I'm going to dub the Hobby Forward episode. Um, we will talk about what we've been playing, what we've been purchasing, building, hobbying, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of play. So, um, hate well, to break been, it to there you. There has been play, just there's not been a some lot. play, yep. not a lot. And we are, I mean, after we get through the the usual uh, play, hobby, buy, Kickstarter, other whatever stuff, we're gonna recap Holy Wars, uh, a five round Age of Sigmar grand tournament. Um, focused on narrative and hobby, um, but still incredibly competitive group of players. And we're going to have a special guest join us for that segment as we talk to our intern here um, who attended Holy Wars with me. We'll talk about the games we played, a little bit of an overview of the tourney, um, and, and just kind of what makes Holy Wars special. Uh, and then a little bit about our you know, our own experience, our own hobby and, and armies, and um, kind of the, the breakdown of the tournament uh, finish. Then we will talk about Adepticon. We're going to preview Adepticon. Um, we're going to keep it pretty streamlined, uh, trim some of the fat from some of our prior Adepticon previews, focus on what we'll be doing there, what we want to check out, uh, maybe you know our, our classic pointers for a first-time Adepticon mm-hmm. attendee, uh, that, that type of, of preview. Uh, and then we'll move into our wrap-up with our Play It or Slay It review. And uh, rather than a card game or a board game, tonight we are going to sit down and talk about the Games Workshop Army-themed dice. So they've, they've released a few of those, and we will uh, go over the pros and, and probably mostly cons of the Army-themed dice. Foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> I, I mean, I might still play it. I don't know. Um, and uh, then we will wrap up with uh, news and events because we are officially launching off into convention season. Um, so from here on out, there's stuff going on nearly every month, uh, lots of major events and, and conventions. So without further ado, uh, we will dive into the, the Hobby Forward episode, episode 30 of Playing and Slaying. And when you're playing and slaying, it is important to stay hydrated. So, Josh, how about you tell us and the listeners what you have in your glass? Well, Tyson, you made me a Captain Conway, which is uh, 
Captain Morgan Spiced Rum and Zevia Cola because Will Conway loves the Zevia Cola. So this is the Captain Conway. I love it. You know what I want to get is I want to make a, a trophy for like the BOD event. That's an empty can of Zevia <laughs> that Will, Will signs. And it's like an autographed <laughs> Will Conway can of Zevia. I'm nice. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our gas lands. Uh. I don't think he'll do it. <laughs> you know, it would be a crushed can. Yeah, and, right. And then he'd like scribble Screw on it with it. a sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. Troy, what do you got? I have a vodka tonic. Doesn't sound very interesting, does it? But it's good. Um, Tito's vodka from the bar over here at the brew house. Um, but what I did use is top note tonic. Top Note is a tiny company that's in Milwaukee here. Um, that's like two people that does handcrafted uh, mixers, uh, and they do this. Uh, I think they call it an Indian Indian tonic, or yeah, Top Note Indian tonic, which is uh, really good. And that's what I have. They do also do a ginger beer that I really want to try. That's supposed to be awesome. Then maybe that'll be summertime when we do the the Moscow Mule. Um, tends to be our, our summer drink. Um, but I just wanted to get, yeah, I was able to, to pick it up. If you're probably not in the Milwaukee area, it's going to be hard to find. Um, and even then, I was able to get it at Sendix. Um, or if you're in Milwaukee, I think they're in Bayview where you can pick it up. And I think they do actually um, also supply some local bars around here. Some, so recommend it. Really, really tasty in terms of tonic. Like you could have it without the vodka. I don't know why you would, but you could have it without the vodka. It still would be, hmm. be tasty. All right. I'm not familiar with that concept. Maybe at work you could pretend to like, hey, I'm just having a, mm, a blank tonic, right? <laughs> I have been drinking a lot of sparkling water. I know how Josh is a deeply offended by La Croix. Um, however, terrible. I haven't been drinking La Croix. I've been drinking Dasani, makes uh, a sparkling flavored water? sparkling mm-hmm. water, and there's a blood orange that's amazing. But that's not what I'm drinking right now, though. <laughs> what are you drinking right now? Right now, I'm drinking a spotted cow from New Glarus here in Wisconsin that is only sold in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it is a, a delicacy. Um, but it, it also, it reminds me of summer and I'm really, really tired of winter. Uh, winter has won. I officially have handed, I've conceded the game to, <laughs> to winter. I've said, let's just take our scores to the judges table and call it a day. You win. Mm-hmm. You get the major victory. Let me have my secondary, and you know we can <laughs> we can get on with uh, with spring. And it was a comeback. Like we didn't yeah. have winter till halfway through January. Right? Yeah, Something like we one that. turn one and two. Yeah, one and two, then, and then boom. Yeah, forget yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and then they had high tide and yeah. turn three, and the the deepkin winter <laughs> army just attacked first and buried the us. Deepkin winter army. There's a there's there's an idea. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of ice. A lot work. of ice, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, Spotted Cow makes me think of summer. And it was also a bit of a spite play, as uh, Josh had pointed out. Um, his father-in-law <laughs> really likes Spotted Cow, and I saw it was the last one in the fridge. So <laughs> um, I said, you know, next time your father-in-law is here and there's no Spotted Cow, let him know. I support this decision. I big-timed him. Nice. That's like a huge callback. I, I can't even tell you what episode you'd have to go back to get the father-in-law beer story. Yeah. That might not even be this podcast. Yeah, it might be a different podcast. podcast. 
Well, <laughs> if you're interested in that old archive, maybe that's trivia. Yeah, somebody yeah. somebody can tell us find episode. find that episode or or that other podcast we used to do that we've talked about before. <laughs> All right, so um, that is the drinks. That is winter sucks, and it is time for the limited amount of playing we've been doing. It's been quality playing. Mm-hmm. We had a BOD board game night um, where our friend uh, Paul joined us and and Dan, right? No, Marlin. 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 Yep. Man, losing track of things here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul and Marlin, um, friends of ours, members of our Basement of Death larger uh, network, attended. So we did a five-player game of Zia, Legends of a Drift System. Um, not the, Zaya. Not Zaya. And we confirmed. Paul thinks it was a Chinese naming mm-hmm. convention. And if that's the case, Zia. Yeah. So Mystery solved. Mystery solved by a, a PH, an English PhD. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for anyone that's not familiar, uh, just kind of what Zia is. I know we, I think we've talked about it before. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost guarantee it. Uh, but it's a open kind of sandbox. Um, ultimately, you're trying to gain victory points or fame points for accomplishing different objectives. Uh, you know, selling goods at a port, destroying another ship, completing missions. There's a number of things you do to earn fame. And the winner is the one to reach a threshold of fame points first. Um, and you do that by exploring hexes uh, to expand the galaxy um, by navigating into new systems, either blindly or scanning and knowing what you're going into. Um, some piracy, some outlaw smuggling that takes place. So a lot of different ways you can go. Um, and excellent components. I mean, I think that's right. I mean, the components mm-hmm. are really good. Pre-painted ships that are all different kind of designs, some really cool. So I, that's part of what makes it cool, too. Like, visibly, it's a really cool game. Once, yeah. you, once you cover your whole table, we covered your whole Duchess, right? I think yeah. to, to actually play the game. Well, before, before I kind of talk about my less than stellar performance and less than stellar experience... Well, you guys share some uh, some recaps of our our game. <laughs> yeah, so um, like like always happens to me uh, when playing Zia, um, I get behind early, and I I don't catch up. Um, and I had a, a a quest early to kill the person to my right or to shoot <laughs> the person to my right, which happened to be Marlin. Which he happened to be really close to me, and I'm like, "Oh, well, I have guns. Let's let's do this." And I ran up to him, took some shots, missed all my shots. He flew away, <laughs> and that was all she wrote. And then, yeah, then trying to find some stuff afterwards to do was was uh, a little difficult. So yeah, it it didn't end well for me. So yeah, and it, it Paul had an really good first turn and he was yeah. first player i think too wasn't he mm-hmm. um, yeah, i think so yeah and so it felt i mean i had fun but it did feel like a frantic pace like we were always like how efficient can i be at getting fame points because yeah we're always playing it felt like we were always playing catch up you could see mm-hmm. uh paul was like cranking away and you're like oh i get it and you're like oh i'm just gonna i'm gonna have one really good turn and i'm gonna make it and then you're like oh you have one medium turn and that doesn't yeah. that's not enough right and then Paul was having like excellent, excellent turn, turn after excellent turn after excellent turn. And, yeah. yeah, and there's just so many die rolls that's actually hard to do because it's, right. it's very random. And any almost everything you do to get mine and get 
uh, material or to try and get into a planet or shoot your gun, right? It tends to be a, almost a 50-50, like yes or no. And mm-hmm. so, um, and even to move, right, you're rolling your engine like a D8 or a D6. And so odds are you're going to move like three spaces, not the five or seven that you actually need to go. Yep. Um, but it was a, yeah, it felt like a frantic pace. And so, yeah, you shot, but I don't think anybody ever else really had a whole lot of... no. Like I I'm, took those yeah. couple pot yeah. shots and that was it. Yeah. So, so and, and that that kind of leads me to you know the the pace of the game mm-hmm. felt like I was I was behind from from the jump because I started mm-hmm. next to Paul. He came into my sector, hit my exploration point, hit one next that was close to me, then another, and just kind of went through and got everything in front of me, which forced me then off you know mm-hmm. off the known path to explore and with some bad luck on tile draws and mission draws i i was out of it by turn two so i spent most of the game wondering when it was going to be over and then packing up early <laughs> and i'm trying not to z has always been a game i've i've thoroughly enjoyed you know in the several times we've played it before um and, and this time was just zero fun it was fun hanging out with mm-hmm. people but like the gameplay the experience yeah. was just miserable um mm-hmm. and uh it it did make me think about design changes if i was looking at making a similar game like there's such a swing of the dice one thing i think that would help is as you upgrade your engine rather than rolling a bigger dice just adding multiple two so like or multiple dice so your minimum Mm -hmm. is always going to be bigger than your um you know than whatever Mm -hmm. because even if i get the most powerful engine bad luck still has you rolling a one yeah right yep so like as you pay to get better engines your minute your your floor should be higher not your ceiling higher yeah um, yeah and if, if we haven't played it a ton but if you think about it like i feel like that's the most disappointing part of your turn like i don't mind like yeah i'm gonna try and break through a shield there's a there, yeah. there's very much a gambling thing i'm trying to mind gambling but just like rolling like not being able to go anywhere is yeah. just like Eh, like it doesn't even like it just is kind of a feel bad right yeah. it's not there's, there's not that i lost it's not that game. i gambled right it's yeah. just that oh i needed to go four hexes and i got two right and yeah. Like, yeah and i burned an action point and that just means it's one action i can't do with something else yeah so it could be yeah it feels like if you could become better more predictable at your movement not a hundred percent but just a little bit more predictable no. that could yeah make let you focus on the other parts of the game where you nearly need to take a chance and gamble. And I, I could even see like an engine deck, you know, a deck of cards where you roll and you it has events or something happens where even then a seven could be terrible on a turn mm-hmm. because, you know, space pirates mm-hmm. appear and it sounds like Firefly. <laughs> that has its own problems. You want to go listen to a yeah. review of that game, but yeah, I mean, just the the movement aspect, and then a little bit of the tile placement. Um, it's fun to not know what's coming, and I think that's mm-hmm. necessary. But I wish there was a way when you scan, you can look at you know three tiles and choose mm-hmm. the one that that you want, or just some mm-hmm. some things that would freshen up the game a little and not make it because what what i think is is the worst part about z after this playthrough is there's no catch-up mechanic now the um, only thing we didn't so you think about it we used the expansion tiles which add a couple little things but we did not use the events mm-hmm. um which might have added some more variation uh, other ways to get i think that's more to get fame points and things like that um and then we didn't use the uh, like economy, like a market 
yeah. pricing, there's another expansion that kind of changes the value of the different elements or whatever they call them, resources. Yeah, as it doesn't, you sell let, you, them. It doesn't <clears throat> let you repeat the same yeah, uh, so it kind of run that 15 times. Yeah, could add a little bit there. I know there's some, and then the latest expansion, I think that we didn't have in there also kind of adds different. I don't know that that would have made a whole bunch of difference. I think all it does is give you additional kind of quests cards. And so those are called right quests or whatever the missions, mission cards mm-hmm. um, that are in there. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll certainly play plays the again um i think i just want i need to take a break from it for a while to, to <laughs> recover from the the uh the and, angst and yeah, not, and, I, and not invite paul next and yeah and paul, paul, paul yeah. well it's interesting like nobody did like we knew like we know paul is winning but none of us went like nobody went like the oh we need to go hunt him down like we yeah. didn't nobody got aggressive we all like oh no i can i can get i can get i can catch him i can get we not nobody ever like no we just have to have a counter paul strategy none of us there we didn't we never went that way mm-hmm. um i th- i don't know yeah i think partly we were i was never really near them yeah and that's kind of like you would yeah. i think you're right part of it is you have to like would have had to commit to like all right we're gonna right. Com- somebody's and nobody wanted to be who's gonna be the person to commit to be the, like he, he also had the ability um in his ship to jump anywhere pretty much so i i thought about to- going after him and then i was like well it's it's yeah it's, it's stupid because he's just gonna jump wherever he wants so yeah yeah, so that that was good Zia. Um, good game, good times. Uh, just wait a while to play it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a cooling off play. period. <laughs> uh, we've also been playing a fair bit of Dungeons and Dragons. We have a almost weekly game. Yeah, uh, well, and we I think I mean, I, well, not to make excuses for us, right? But I think our we've tailed off a little bit on the board gaming because we have. I feel like we have been doing a lot more RPGs, and we also have been kind of in this as you get right in this mode of a lot more hobby, mm-hmm. hobby, and mm-hmm. and some miniature game. Which you know, our gaming group tends to ebb and flow a little bit on some of those things. And this is kind of new. I think we've always kind of played RPGs, but to actually regularly like. Like you said, we're weekly, for sure, playing at least one of one game like that, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes a couple. You're playing probably a couple RPGs per week, so yeah. So it's not that we're not playing; it's just we're probably not playing a lot of board games. That's yep. <laughs> <laughs> so most recently, uh, the the party in the Tomb of Annihilation campaign um, learned the fly, hit level five, and then had to decide if they were going to swallow or not. So. <laughs> a couple of characters uh, couldn't or wouldn't swallow. So Brendan's warlock, Russ, the face hammer, Veal, and Troy's sorcerer, Nate, um, did not make it into the final room of the, the temple at uh, Oralunga. Um, Troy's character nearly died uh, through the, the swarms of snakes that and was poison. Fun, yeah, that was fun. And then the three that did make it... Um, were able or four four of you made it mm-hmm. uh yep. were able to talk to the ancient naga uh that uh sat at the top which may have been real may not have been real and um got some information about where to find omu and then some some rewards so it was a pretty fruitful uh session and then you guys hit level five so i don't know if um, i'm gonna trust you guys that swallowed snakes you're glossing you're over tainted. something that was Yes, and uh, I I put a special a special item into the campaign that isn't pre written into it, 
um, mm-hmm. because Bryce's character Rattle is his flaw is that he um, must like has to gamble. If there's a, a, a decision to be made, it, he leaves it to a card draw or a coin flip. It's like this: he's an inveterate gambler. So what do you give an inveterate gambler in Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> a deck of cards, especially when that deck of cards is the deck of many things. <laughs> and that's how we ended the uh, the session with him holding the deck in his hands and the, the Naga disappears and you're all just back in a blank, blank empty room. <laughs> so I know he's been stressing over that all week. Um, and we'll find out probably tomorrow night what uh, what happens. So good. No, nothing good will happen. So good. So good. I love it. So, yeah, and like, Troy, you were talking about, we're playing pretty regularly with our Dungeons & Dragons game. Um, I also have the um, Dark Milwaukee campaign that I play in of of Paul's uh, for Mage in the the World of Darkness storyteller setting. Um and recently we've had two new characters so in our four player mm. group we've had two new characters introduced um one for bad life choices tom's character um basically accepted the position of king of hell uh and when you become a lord of hell you can no longer be a player character so he made a um <laughs> like this guy that uh basically prays and follows like the Christian path and is kind of uh, <laughs> helping the world. So kind uh, of the, the opposite named, of where he was named going. Vincent. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, Ben's character, um, had betrayed, uh, an army of changelings to these different deities and spirits of death. Um, so the changelings sent, uh, sent assassins after him and his character was killed as repercussions mm-hmm. for his decisions, the betrayal and the, um, destroying all of the changelings. So he has a new character that is a uh, a guy from kind of West Texas. He's like a B and E guy that strikes against the technocracy. So just and his old character was this kind of death mage that was real serious and researched and high rituals and so two very different characters from from what I had been playing. And it's it's kind of cool after three years to see new characters come into a very long established game. And what that does to the dynamic of the the characters that have and, and still are kind of the the long ongoing characters. That's cool. So, yeah, some some fun going on there. Um, and then I played a lot of miniatures games because I went to a tournament. But we are going to wait until our recap uh, segment of Holy Wars to talk about the games played there when we've got um, the intern on the line. So let's talk hobby. hobby. Who's working on mm. who's working on stuff for Adepticon and, and what's coming up? Yeah, I've got some Adepticon action going on. Um, we have a, a Dr. Gabe is setting up a, a kill team event for some of the Anvil Eight guys and BOD guys and friends and and whatnot. So um yeah, I, I dusted off my Tau and uh, needed some additional models uh, that are good for Kill Team that I didn't have for 40k, so yeah. Um, Yeah, just kind of painting up those guys right now and trying to get them ready. Um, And 
I may start on a small display board for uh, the AOS events at Adepticon. Um, I think for the most part, the events I'm running, I don't really need anything for. But, uh, yeah. Nope. Cool. I think I, have to, I do have to paint some stuff for Zombicide, but. Oh, yeah. Because we printed out. Speaking of, I'm printing. Yeah. So we 3D printed some stuff for Zombicide oh, that what, we're going to add to that. What got printed? Um, vaults. Yeah. Vault doors. Oh, okay. Um, so Not new cool. like tiles or anything. No, but they're okay. going to be like the vault doors that go on the tiles, and they actually, I think they look pretty okay. cool. I need to print those up, or not print them, paint them because I got them all printed. And then we'll see if I get time. I'll print a couple, or maybe paint a couple more characters so we have some more painted people. Cool. Um, and then, um, as I call it, printing the Hulk. I'm swapping out <laughs> some stuff from the Space Hulk board. Um, and replacing it with some of the 3D printed terrain. So that's my current project and has been for the last week and two weeks or so as I've kind of like, oh, I kind of <laughs> like, oh, I have this plan. And then I'm like, all right, go. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of threw a little, a little shot across the bow to, to Troy in our, our Discord group. I was like, I don't think Troy's going to Adepticon because he hasn't been in the hobby banter chat for, uh, for ages. So Troy popped on last night to to chat a little bit between his 3D printing shifts. Mm-hmm. Threw a picture up there, and <laughs> I am doing stuff, guys. I'm doing stuff. I'm <laughs> talking to the robots. <laughs> they require constant feeding. Yeah. Well, so I'm I'm coming off a pretty big hobby project. Um, oh, really? I, pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> I finished up. Uh, well, I got I got tournament ready. My um, Stormcast Army. I'll, I will talk about it in at great length in our Holy War segment. But it was a um, heavily converted um, and carefully painted Stormcast Army uh, that I brought to Holy Wars. Um, so the the Deep Cast Eternals are are done with you know some some improve. I want to continue, and so I've made a paint order to get some inks and get some stuff that I'm going to do to just bring out to the next level. Um, and then I started thinking about, you know, 2020 uh, project planning. So, yeah, I realize it's only March and I've got a boatload of tournaments <laughs> between then and now. But uh, thinking about the next big kind of hobby project um, and putting some notes down, starting to line up like how that's going to look and, and putting a plan in place. Um, and then I've been cleaning and organizing my, my hobby space. My basement had been just a disaster after the last <laughs> six months. Um, so just trimming stuff off sprues, throwing away old boxes, you know, just doing the, doing the work that I really should have done, um, to, to keep my place less, less like an episode of hoarders and more, (laughs) (laughs) more like a a house, uh, a basement should be. Um, so that, you know, there, there's been a fair, a fair bit of that. And then, um, for Adepticon, I only have one model that I have to build. So for the thousand point Vanguard mm-hmm. force, I need to make a uh, Lord Arcanum on foot. So I've got a mini stomp order with a couple models that I'm going to convert to make him to add to the army and then paint him. So with three weeks to only have one model to do, I, I feel like that is an achievable task. <laughs> and then for kill team, I, I don't know. 
I started splashing some wash on some pox walkers. I'm like, Death Guard's stupid. <laughs> and I started looking at my old Blood Angel stuff. I'm like, this won't work. Then I had an Admech Force. I'm like, I'd only have to build one model. But then I got to paint all these guys. I just, I have zero motivation. I don't know what it is right now, but um, Age of Sigmar just has me so totally like pedal to the metal, diving into to that hobby that the aesthetic of 40K has just, it bums me out. I was looking at the 40K <laughs> stuff and I didn't want to paint it. It was weird. It was so weird. it's old 40K stuff, that's why. Well, the Death Guard stuff isn't it like, is. yeah, I don't know. Um, so it was just kind of a bummer. But, you know, I, I bought a Wanderer's Army from, from Mini Stomp, Spicy <laughs> Deal. So bought that. <laughs> Spicy Deal. <laughs> Started buying a bunch of other AOS stuff. Um, I've still got all my night haunt stuff. The next part of the organization is going through all the unbuilt um, <laughs> and lining up like the what's next. The ordered piles <laughs> of like build. I just got to build everything, yeah. prime everything, and then I can work on you know shrinking the the horde of gray. <laughs> Sell the stuff you're never going to build, maybe, or hang on to it to donate for auctions at different there you events. Go. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right, so that that's my hobby. Um, procurement is hobby. Of course. So, yeah. Wanders. Um, because somebody, no, not Wanders. So, Gene Sealer Cult, that wonderful art. Finally, the Codex comes out. Um, and thanks to Mini Stomp, I got this wonderful box that was just packed to the gills with kind of every new hero and the <laughs> new scene. So, very, I got pretty much everything. All the new models that came out for Gene Sealer Cult. Um, also got a chance to... I don't think I've been on here since I... I also got a chance to hang out with Brendan and Dan on Cubic Shenanigans and talk about Gene Sealer Cult for multiple hours um, because Ty won't let me talk about 40K on here, but I won't let him talk about <laughs> AOS either, so I think it's all fair. Um, we just go on other podcasts for that stuff, but... Um, I think thank those guys for letting me do that. That was that was a blast. But um, so I, I have this real quick though. You did become their most tenured guest. Well, yeah, I know. Just uh, one. You were the first guest to come back for round two. So must be doing I'm, something I'm, right. They haven't even considered having me back on. I don't even know what I. Bought. I've never been invited. <laughs> just <laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> the least favorite BOD member yeah. right here. <laughs> Josh, they're waiting for when they get their invite to the to the studio. I think that all right. It's like print print quo print quo quo. I can't even say quid, it. Quid, quid pro quo. There we yeah. go. Moist. Wow, <laughs> Squidward. <laughs> awesome. So those are sitting there, and I don't know when I'm gonna. I, actually, I'm probably gonna build a bunch of the heroes because they may show up as villains in the Space Hulk game. Um, no spoilers for people who are playing in it but they, i think the odds that I, i'm gonna a couple of those guys might show up as uh like mini heroes or mini mini bosses to yeah. defeat along their way in the in the space hulk so nice very cool all right i think it is time to talk about everyone's uh least favorite thing in the world and that's backing stuff on kickstarter I think I'm good. I don't think I've done anything in a while. I think I'm well, still good for my. Can I can I tell you about two projects you should consider backing? Uh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So critical role. Mm-hmm. Uh, two three days ago at this point time of recording, uh, launched their um, 
their Kickstarter campaign to do an animated uh, special, like a you know a, a single kind of movie or hour or whatever. Um, they put the goal at it was something like five hundred thousand dollars, you know, and uh, within the first hour they were over a million, then two million, three million, four million, five million. Uh, they're currently about five, almost six million dollars and counting. Uh, raised for their campaign. They have now decided to make it a series. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's they um, no they're going to do a series of 44 minute episodes That's focused crazy. on a stretch of adventures that took place in season one before they started like streaming. Right. Yeah. The um, original. To go back and have all the cast do the, the voice acting and make it like an actual show versus a, a live play. Um, so, I, you know, it it's cool. And I'm seeing kind of two worlds of response on on Twitter and other social media where <clears throat> some people are like, "This is awesome, you know that they're they're doing this, that this group that the first episode or two they talked about printing a hundred t-shirts and they were amazed and shocked when they sold those in you know the first hour of being on on Twitch and, and YouTube. Um, and then people saying, "Oh well, if people will buy you know pay a hundred dollars to this, why won't people pay $90 for a PDF of that or like, you know, other creators and there's just some of that feel bad going on. It's like guys critical role was an established group of entertainers with over a hundred years of entertainment experience. Like they had a following, they had a fan base. They didn't, they they weren't just some little guy doing something that blew up. Like they were established. They had the backing of, you know, some, pretty good connections yeah and some of them uh had individual like backers from different shows and things that they're they're doing individually Mm -hmm. that all kind of came together so yeah yeah you're it's it's a a lot of fans coming to check out what they're doing yeah Yeah, i mean it i mean it's celebrity D &D, and i mean i mean they were all minor celebrities but they were celebrities right right and they are celebrity they're even bigger celebrities now probably right but i mean yeah and and they had significant Talent, like they bring in a bunch of talent to the right. table, which is several voice actors and things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. right. Yeah. So it's that's what's made critical role, um, you know. And then you know Matt Mercer, like, yeah. That's so that's so, the creative brain really behind so much of that. That's right? sexy, the, man. Yeah. The Kickstarter has forty some days left. Who knows where they're going to end up? It, it's mm-hmm. insane. Um, you know that they've they've raised more funds to to do this. Um, and continue to add stretch goals and change up, you know, what they'll do in different one shots. And, uh, so the, the, the Vox, uh, Machina campaign, um, will be, uh, will be a animated film, I think sometime in 2020. So that, that project's out there. I'll probably throw, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50, whatever, just in, mm-hmm. um, just cause I think it's cool. Yeah. And then, um, from what is now Renegade, I think Game Studios um, comes a, uh, I guess, a collaborative storytelling game, dice stacking game called Icarus. Mm. Um, not sure. Sh- I know Ivan Van Norman is involved with it, but ultimately it is a game about building a civilization and then telling the story of how that civilization collapses. Uh, so as you build your civilization, you place dice on a, a like stacking dice up in a tower. Hmm. So it's like reverse Jenga. You're trying to build the tower up versus take pieces out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you set the scene, you talk about what your civilization is named, what kind of people live there, 
you know, what, what is happening. And then as it starts to get bigger and bigger, you talk about, you know, the barbarians at the gates, what's going to, what's going to make the fall of Rome, what's going to make the fall of this futuristic society. And then when the towers collapse, you start telling, wrapping up the scenes. So like fiasco where you're interacting and building a character to play Mm -hmm. in this, the group is collaborating, telling the story of the civilization. And what is a cool concept that Ivan talked about, I saw a brief interview is doing Icarus is like a session zero for an outbreak undead campaign where you build up your, your city or what you're in and talk about the collapse and then play your campaign of outbreak undead after that, having a collaborative world that you, you as the group of players have built. That's cool. So, Troy's shaking his head. Sorry, I'm distracted because I'm looking at the Critical Role Kickstarter and the number just, I think they just went up $1,000 in the time that we're, I'm just watching the number. <laughs> like it updates real, there it goes, there it goes again. Somebody, oh, there's another 150 bucks. On the, the uh, last stream we did on the first night, Matthew Mercer was like shocked as it kept it kept going up. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool. But hopefully Icarus hits. Oh yeah, dogs. Icarus looks really awesome too. I've looked at that. Uh, so I'll pay attention now. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna I'm backing that. I think it it looks like a super fun. That's a style mm-hmm. of game I love, um, where you're just getting together to tell a story, and especially when I think of what it could do for session zero of, of really any role-playing game mm-hmm. set yeah. in like a mm-hmm. post fall or even in the world before the fall. Like if you're doing a D and D kind of homebrew campaign or you do, who knows, you know, there's a number mm-hmm. of things you can do. Um, but that is Icarus and that is uh, currently on Kickstarter now. Very cool. All right. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Yeah. Stuff just keeps showing up on my door. Um, the I think we talked about the Dave Taylor Armies, Legions, and Hordes um, book that he put together um, last year. I think about a year ago, maybe a little less. Um, the PDF had come out, I think, last time we had talked and looked through that. Uh, the hardcover book had arrived with nice slipcover. Again, just a gorgeous book. Uh, nice. Um, and then, but there's some really good like stuff in there too that you know Dave just basically walks through a lot of these projects that over the years you've actually kind of seen him do if you're familiar with any of his work. Um, so it's cool or he kind of breaks down what he did and and really just also helps create the idea is give you ideas like how do you actually go after some of these projects? How do you you know tie like your, your hobby projects right? I mean there's stuff in there like how do you go after these huge hobby type army things and and put them in kind of a, how do you, what's the strategy to go after something like that? How do you actually accomplish it? Um, and, and, and he gives all his tips that he's done over the years for some of that. So yeah, I would, I believe it's available in retail from certain places, I think from, from his site, but I think there's some distributors that have picked it up. So cool. Uh, if you didn't get into the Kickstarter and uh, you like the stuff Dave does, um, I would say try and find it and, and pick it up. The other thing that just arrived fresh in my mailbox uh, as of, I think, uh, earlier this week is the Expanse RPG from Green Ronin. Um, or Ronin, if I say it right. Green Ronin. Ronin. Yeah. Um, it's all right, Saucer. Th- yeah. <laughs> Zia, Zaya, <laughs> Ronin. Moist. Stop it. <laughs> so, Expanse RPG. Uh, 260 pages of the expanse. So, yeah. um, I just better than kinda, the board game. Yeah, uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, I just, I just kind of, I just skimmed through it. 
Starts out with, again, the Kickstarter, they made enough money that uh, James S.A. Corey actually has a short story. That's okay. the first couple pages that I started reading that. And then I'm like, oh, I want to, I'm like, I don't have time for this. I wanted to rip through the rest of the book. So um, I kind of started paging through it. Um, just a lot, a lot, a lot of, I mean, two, 260 pages of all the background you see. I think they have write-ups for like all the characters you're kind of used to. Um, it's set in between the first and second book. So between the Viathan wakes and Caliban's war, that's the timeline. I think they're leaving themselves some runway so that they can put out some expansions for yeah, the, splat the books, books as, stuff, sure. as the story kind of progresses. Um, it uses their, I think you call it the age system. Yeah. Uh, fantasy that, age. Um, so it's like the three D six, um, with some kind of, a whatever they call it. one of the dice is kind of a theme dice or something else like that. Um, I didn't go te- didn't dive too deep into the mechanics. Uh, just looking at a lot of the, but a lot of the background, like every, almost all the starship combat. I saw starship rules. I'm okay. pretty sure I saw, I mean, almost every one of the locations that you expect from any of the books in the solar system seems mm-hmm. to be some kind of write-ups in be, there. And I'll be interested to see that compared to Starfinder because Starfinder has been, very mm. successful and, and is accessible in a good game. So I'll be interested. You'll be, you, yeah. Cause I don't have any um, background on Starfire. And Cause I, well that, and that's Pathfinder ish, right? That's yeah. Kind yeah. Of, it's Paizo's yeah. Pathfinder so in space. 20 ish yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Someday I'd like Someday to I'll borrow that from you and, and flip through it. Cause I just finished yeah. listening to Caliban's war. Yeah. It's one of those ones like it'd be maybe cool, you know, cool to play, but some of those, it's just like, because if you're familiar with the background material, mm-hmm. some of those things, it's just a fun read to go through sometimes on mm-hmm. that. Um, so the PDFs out, they, which means they, I think they, that means they locked down the print book and it's probably going to the printer. So it probably will still be a couple months before we actually get the, the hardcover showing up. Which probably what's what would timing be Gen Conish probably maybe yeah that depends how fast the Chinese printers can can whip out the book and get it on a boat right over here so all right cool well that wraps up Kickstarter that wraps up the uh, the usual play and buy and hobby and uh, noise uh, just a few items we want to touch on that are going on in other gaming and and geekery related uh, geek adjacent is that what we call it I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's adjacent. Some it's just geeky. Geeky. Yeah. All right. What do you got? I see you're repping the shirt today. I'm repping the shirt. Um, so Mams Gaming, uh, these are guys that we've talked about. We ran into them at Gen Con probably quite a few years ago now, probably four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, played in some of their Outbreak Undead stuff, and I don't know if we did any other things. Um, had some good experiences with them, and then we've kind of looked for their games. They tend to do... they. They've grown at Gen Con and they're running like 50 or so. Like they give their own rooms and running all kinds of different games. They tend to run games that other people aren't running. That's kind of their their niche is their things like Outbreak Undead, which you don't see a lot of, um, you know, 7C, Delta Green, things, games that maybe have are not quite in print anymore, or just out um, like uh Outbreak on Dead Deep Space, which is kind of in limbo a little bit from Hunter, but they're still kind of running that. So they're doing, uh, kind of doing a, a Patreon um, to kind of help support kind of all the effort that they, you know, it definitely costs some money for the stuff they're doing to support. Basically, what they're doing is, I, I think it's Mike, the guy that we've met and who's gave me the t shirt that I have. 
Um, and uh, I know he they tend to listen and, and they've supported us over the years too. So it's nice to hopefully uh, throw a little back to them and, and support them and that they basically support a lot. And if I would probably try and run something at Gen Con now, I'd probably reach out to these guys and say, hey, can we go under your umbrella? Because um, they're trying to doing, they're doing all the organizing, help getting all the events set up. They have one room. They have a big room. They do all this stuff like that. And so um, they're just saying, if you if you like what they're doing, you want to throw them a few bucks to help support um, support what they're doing and help them do more stuff that, that they're doing at Gen Con. And I think they're starting to do some other events. I think they're cool. Chicago area. Some are Chicago area based, um, at least Midwest area. Um, do you have yeah, their so, uh, website or? Uh, it is. You can go on Patreon, and I will link it in the show notes. Um, but if you go on Patreon, this looks for Mams Gaming, so M A M S Gaming, and you'll you'll find them. Cool. Yeah, we've had some fun in their games. Definitely uh, check it out. And um, if if you got the the spare change every month, kick them kick them a little to keep keep more gaming in in everyone's lives. Um, so. I'm going to I'm going to go to a company that doesn't need our money and our help, Games Workshop. <laughs> uh, they just showed the new Abaddon model. That's a 40k model. Type. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. So you know how I was bummed out about the aesthetic of 40k? Uh Abaddon looked pretty cool because he is four times the size of the original Abaddon, mm-hmm. which has been this puny <laughs> metal <laughs> chaos lord, like the greatest figure in the chaos yeah. universe. Yeah. Has gone untouched for the last 16 years yep. or something since that last Abaddon. Maybe 20 yep. years. Um, yeah, I have mine on a tall base to make him feel taller. <laughs> yeah. <he> this- <laughs> yeah. So the new Abaddon model, he got the, the new treatment. It looks fantastic. Um, uh, you know, there's also a new Primaris Lieutenant model on the base that he's stepping on a Dead Space Marine. That's probably the best one they've made yet. Um, and uh, it, it now I'm not going to go buy Abaddon, but it excites me for when the Blood Angel characters get their um, their treatment yeah. because they've been untouched. Mephiston and Dante ha- have not had a model in a very long time as well. That's yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. some yeah. They've got to be at some point. I mean. You got to think at some point in the next year-ish or something. You got to think they're going to revisit like the Blood Angels and yeah. some all those yeah those main characters as they've done with the Ultramarines and Mar- Marius Kalgar. If I say his name right, um, you know, if they did him, I think we'll see that for all the all yeah, the, a lot yeah, of the famous the, a lot of the big characters, big characters, characters yeah. In, yeah, for sure. And then uh, also adjacent to Games Workshop, they. Um, with quite a bit of vitriol and, and gatekeeping, they had announced <laughs> over the summer that they were going to be doing a series of uh, children's books, Warhammer Adventures. Um, so I've, I've got a seven-year-old at, at home who is very interested in my models and in the game, and he's not quite old enough to like play or, you know, obviously not old enough to read anything truly from the Grim Dark <laughs> or, you know, Age of Sigmar, the very adult content there. But um, I had ordered the Attack of the Necrons, which is the 40K Warhammer Adventures book, and the uh, City of Lifestone, which is the Age of Sigmar. And we've read probably four or five chapters, you know, and after he does his reading, I'll read a chapter to him of the Attack of the Necrons. And it's a, um, it starts with like a a young teen girl that's on this boat, uh, not a boat, but a ship. Mm -hmm. Like they collect artifacts, her mother's ship. And they talk about, you know, a guy who works with all the, the robots on the ship and 
a hive gang like attacks and there's a teen in that so there's like these kid characters that it focuses on and uh it's been it's been cool um you know he's he's probably still even a little young for those books but i mean close enough i think the yeah. sweet stops sweet spots probably nine or ten um but you know have you watched in the animations? Because yeah, they, they did character. They did character shorts, like forty second spots mm-hmm. of the different characters from the books. So those those are pretty cool, and um, it's it's cool. It's I think it's great um, for making aspects of the hobby accessible to kids uh, because it you know we we need it. There's you need to bring new people in to keep mm-hmm. it. Um, a sustainable thing and this this helps just a new demographic and another generation of kids get in get into that that world so all right the last thing is i read the anarch it's actually called anarch which is the last well it's the latest probably the last who knows if it's going to be the last um gaunt's ghost book um, basically finishes the arc of the victory, which is the arc of the last three book, which is um, the, uh, I can't think of what the uh, Sanctus Reach, um, the War Master, and, this, and then the, the Anarch, which is the last one. Amazing, amazing book. Um, just um, very, I mean, he... He set up a lot of stuff. I think when I talked about, it, I was kind of not. I mean, I liked the War Master, but you could definitely feel like they were. It was kind of half a book. Um, was, these really two books are kind of the arc. But he he set up a lot of stuff in War Master, and then this is really the the payoff because there's just action kind of from page one all the way through. And as typical Gaunt's Ghost book, like and nobody's safe. No, you're no, you're not sure. Um, couple interesting twists. Um, I haven't. Um, I think I haven't seen too many how, how reviews have come with people because there are some interesting twists that people are like. Mm, I'm not not sure about that, but I totally totally enjoyed it. I mean, Abnet uh, is really really good, and uh, uh, I would recommend if you if you haven't been reading Gaunt's Ghosts, it might be a good now that you could jump in and kind of if you want to finish that arc, uh, it's really good and. It, it feels like I mean it's it's probably I'm sure that Abnett's gonna at least walk away from it for a little bit and um we'll see right I mean if they sell enough right and they're never gonna if, you're, yeah he, he leaves it like anything you leave yeah. a couple of things out there <clears> but <throat> it also is a very nice if this was it it'd like, be okay. I think it would it be a, it would be a real nice thing right? sure and, cool and and way back when I did like I don't know what and at Adepticon probably ten years ago. That I did ask him, like, does he ever see God's Ghost coming to an end? And that was, you know, whatever, five, you know, half the books ago. Um, and he did. He said, yes, I, I have, like, an idea to, like, I want to, like, run it to the end. So interesting cool. to see if, like, this is it. Nice. All right. Well, we are going to take a break, and we're going to come back with a special guest, our intern and hobby hero, Bryce, uh, I'm sorry, his his real name is Stanley. We're going to come back with our intern, Stanley. Hopefully you can edit that out for me so nobody knows his secret identity. Um, but uh, we'll be right back on to talk Holy Wars with the hobby hero himself. All right, welcome back after that break. Hopefully everyone grabbed a fresh drink and uh, 
clean their paintbrush so they could continue their hobby work as we talk about Holy Wars. We have um, our intern on with us, special guest, his second appearance. Not many of our guests get a second appearance, but we thought his uh, his contributions are, are grand enough and on a scale worthy of uh, a repeat performance. So thank you for joining us tonight. I'm honored. And Has uh, there been any other two-time guests? Oh, I mean, I don't want to say I'm the only one, but I definitely will say it and offend someone. I think you might be the only might two-time be, guest. Because yeah. we had... I don't think we had we Brian on. Yeah, I don't think we've any of the Anvilate guys. Then we had Will both, on, right? Now, but they haven't come, come back, back for yeah. a, a second appearance. Yeah, well, you, thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> Although they were in studio. Yeah, so, one so day. At some point, so we'll I'll get you in studio. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. yep. We'll just have to talk hobby again sometime. Um, there we go. All right. So, Holy Wars was a Age of Sigmar tournament. This is the fifth year that it has been run. Um, the tournament organizer is Steve Herner. Um, he is just a, a legend in the, the hobby community. Um, and everything there has his personal touch on it from, you know, the rules of the tables, the terrain, um, the, the group of people he has attracted to this tournament and his own gaming club, the Holy Hammers that help him run it. Um, but in, in essence, Steve is just a, um, it, it's incredible. I mean, this could be the guy's full-time job, mm-hmm. the amount of work that he puts into uh, to running the Holy Events, Holy Wars, the singles event, and then Holy Havoc, the doubles event that um, that we've attended. So this was my very first Holy Wars. I know, Bryce, this was your second Holy Wars. So we'll, we'll ask you a little bit about, you know, how the two experiences compare uh, later on. Um, but the uh, the other really cool aspect to to the holy events is they are by and large fundraisers for a local charity that uh, Steve is very involved with, the Hesed House. It's a um, local homeless shelter that provides a lot of services, um, you know, meals, uh, different different um, things that the the homeless need in in the area, and that's west of Chicago a little bit. In uh, I, I think. You know the tournament takes place in Yorkville, but it's in the Chicago area that that he lives and, and works. Um, this year uh, we raised over sixteen hundred dollars, set a record for uh, Holy Wars with only thirty players, which is pretty awesome. Um, you could buy a twenty dollar tournament re-roll dice that you could use to re-roll once per game, any roll, including priority, um, and uh, and then everyone brings different product and, and stuff for a raffle, and you buy raffle tickets. So um, very cool fundraiser format. Narrative and hobby-focused tournament, which is unique. There's not a lot of people doing that um, hobby-first kind of aspect. Uh, not to say there isn't some competitive filth, uh, some very, very <laughs> tough lists, and, and really great tournament players go to this event. Um, general format five rounds like most um a little different is there's no pairings you know as you play around the round you random order player names are drawn you either pick the table you're going to play on or if somebody's at a table you go pick your opponent so you can choose your own matchups as you go some people exploit that a little bit Mm -hmm. others are looking just for the best and the most fun and you bring a 2,000 point list with a thousand point sideboard and you have to use 500 points of your sideboard so up to a thousand, rather, um, 
And then each game is scored on a six-point scale. So unlike a lot of tournaments where you score up to 30 or 20, you know, different thresholds, you have a table objective that scores you two points. Then you have a grail objective. There are tokens on each table um, that score you two points if you have the most grail tokens. Then each player selects a secret mission uh, out of a list of five. You can only use one, you know, per game. And then there's a... um, another single point earned for having the most deployed units alive at the end of the Mm. game. So six points total. If you draw on any of those, nobody gets the points. So I had several games that were like two to one, three to two. Um, Bryce, any, anything I left out in the, uh, the scoring or the format that you want to touch on? Um, no, I think you pretty much nailed it. The only other thing is, and you'll probably talk about this, but the awards. Um, so maybe you should, that's a good lead in Ty. What were the awards, and what did you have to do to win the awards? Mostly the painting. I mean, you talked about it being a hobby first thing, and it's, I think the only tournament I've ever been to that has a requirement of a paint score to be eligible for awards. Yeah, so you you have to go through the initial um, paint rubric. There's a 22-point scale um, to qualify for any of the hobby master awards, and, and those um, until you get those first 22 points, you don't even get to go to the second page of the sheet, which is an additional 11 points. Um, that'll score you on advanced techniques and, di- and different things. And he, um, so there's a fan favorite. Everybody votes on their, you know, their favorite army in, in appearance. There's a best uh, war host or battle host. Think of that as, um, you know, best painted army. Um, then there is a best conversion. Um, and that is the, uh, the the best craftsmanship and detail that goes into to converting a model. Think of you know a model that looks like that's how it should be out of the box. It doesn't look like a conversion; just seems natural. And then the um, the the final hobby award that's that's given is the hobby hammer um, or the hammer hobbyist rather, and that's kind of the you know overall aspect of of the hobby the narrative the you know the full experience um and each of the awards is a really cool dragon head on a trophy um with the year in holy wars 5 and then the title of the the award um and then there there is a best sportsman and there is a best general you know who has the most battle points but what's kind of crazy is a lot of tournaments you go to the best general is the, the everything leads up to it and then you get your overall winner Steve does that first, gets it out of the way, then goes into the hobby ones as the the big <laughs> ceremony and, and celebration. So, so it should be no. exactly, uh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hobby first, then friendship, <laughs> and then everything else. <laughs> so before you guys get in, and can you guys step back and maybe talk about your road to, to Holy Wars? Like, how did you, <laughs> like, Ty, how did you get, and some of this, but you guys went to Havoc earlier, but so that might be, maybe it's even go back to that. How did you, like, get on the path to, to go to the Holy Events? So, so, Bryce, you want to start with your your time, because you went last year, and you've, you've done a few of them, and then I'll kind of yeah. talk about my my path. Yeah, so mine actually, it all started with Wapaka in last last year. Um, I played, they had a random doubles event, and I got partnered with Steve in the second game. I'd never met him before, and he was talking crap about my high elves that were painted like wood elves and just giving each other a hard time, and, and he started telling me about the event he ran, and 
and it sounded awesome and Steve was a great guy and I put my name on the wait list and and didn't think I'd get in because it's super high demand it sells out the first day and the wait list is like 12 people long within the first you know five minutes so I didn't think I'd make it but I I ended up the week before getting in and and I went down I I didn't really know anyone there I mean I had met some of the guys through tournaments throughout the year but it wasn't I didn't go with anyone so that was kind of nerve-wracking but everyone was so awesome and so nice that i made a pact to myself that i would never miss that event and it's just it's one of the only times you really get to worry more about the the fun you're having than trying to win all the games and people even the more competitive people will still kind of embrace the narrative side of it and the crazy stuff that happens on the table so i uh it's my my third holy event, my second holy wars, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't miss it for really anything. I don't think. Yeah, and it, it's funny you got paired with Steve randomly because I last year at Adepticon played against Steve in round one of the uh, the championships at Adepticon, um, and I was running my death filth, and he had his <laughs> gorgeous uh, Marathi wrapped around the tree conversion. <laughs> And we ended up just having a, a wonderful game. Um, kind of explained like how the Death Army worked to him because one of his sons was starting a Death Army. So like we we connected over that and, and talked about um, holy holy havoc and holy wars and what he does. And then in, in talking with Bryce, we had two teams go to holy havoc. So I played with Dave Nordstrom, one of one of our guys from Milwaukee uh, club mates. And we did a double brass stampede, and I wrote a narrative, and you know we we had fun. And uh, Bryce, you and Brendan brought some death filth to uh, Holy Havoc. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know we went and, and had a blast, and that was in the in the fall. And then registration opened for Holy Wars, and I was like, I got to do this, I got to do this, and um, I got in. You know, I emailed Steve. I'm like, I'm really interested. Um, you know, and he said after registration, you know, you'll be first out of the group after kind of the because if you've done holy events in the past you get like priority mm-hmm. um but i wasn't going to be able to be online right at seven so i was like i have my paypal i have everything <laughs> like and i tried to send and i had to send it like you know 15 minutes yeah. early or something so he he hooked me up from having been to havoc and meeting him at adepticon um and then that that's when the the work began. I mean, getting, getting on the list was really, you know, effort in of itself. Um, I, I almost quit the hobby. What did we jokingly say five times, um, to get ready yeah. for, for yeah. Wars? Well, you only quit the hobby, I think one time, but you quit the army at least five or six, probably 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it was, I started a project that I had no, no idea where it would go and no uh no vision i had a concept and an idea and i did a converted unit for what was going to be a Ideneth deepkin army i converted 10 evocators and i had fun with that i then spent the next month and a half building just building the converting the models to get them to the point where i could prime them and then finding weather in january to prime them was was a, a challenge and i was terrified and then i had you know the the month and a half to paint everything mm-hmm. and base everything and, and get it there so and i i tried a few new techniques that without bryce's help i i mean would have been impossible he uh he gave me lessons in 
um, you know, using an airbrush, uh, showing me how to get different, you know, fade effects, um, blending, wet blending, uh, using like airbrush paints to get, you know, um, blending on cloth, like just different things. And then, uh, color theory, cause my color blindness kicks in hardcore. So I have no idea what I'm looking at. Um, and just saying, I kind of want to do this. What color should I do? So Bryce was like my, my technical advisor to every, every step <laughs> of the process. Um, and then the night before, you know, I glued the last model on its base, had everything ready, had the magna rack set up and was, was ready to go at one in the morning. Um, the morning of my my trip down to to holy wars so it was it was a uh, a marathon but i figured this is kind of sad i i did my hobby journal and i logged every hour and what i did um it was close to 200 hours of work that went into to that army from um assembly to through paint to basing so it was yeah it was about 200 and 210 when I include some of the early conversion work where I was like staring at a model wondering how I was going to get it to work. <laughs> it's cool that you journaled it like that's so. Mhm. So then you kind of go back and uh redo things or if you want to do another unit you have that that information Yeah, down. yeah, so I wrote kind of the order I did things. I wrote down the some of the colors so I wouldn't forget like the the different mixes at different layers, you know, a a wash that was a three to one medium to the to the ink or whatever like different just different recipe notes so i i've got that um but yeah and i've i've never done that before i've been a you know get get colors on dry brush some highlights wash pick out a few more details and call it good enough and this is the first time i just you know i held myself to a higher standard and put the time in and, and got it done um so Bryce, how about you? What uh, what kept you going, or how was your getting your army ready with your travel for work and your hobby wobble changing changing your mind? Fourteen <laughs> I was times. Say my, my journey was a lot different than your journey because mine started as a hey, Ty, do you have a Nagash? I think I want to paint that and play it at Holy Habit or Holy Wars. <laughs> <laughs> And then you you gave me that to paint, and then you gave me a Neferata to paint, and Josh gave me some Morgast to paint. So I was like all in on the Death Army, and I, I got a lot of it done. I was, I mean, I was probably four big models away from from getting there, and I and then I was just like, why am I doing this? Like that, I have no passion for Death. I I have this Elf Army that I that I hold very near and dear to my heart. And there was a, a point about a, a year ago where I dropped it down the stairs and all oh, half of the model shattered and I couldn't find any reason to, to put them back together. And I just finally decided, you know what, this is, this is the right time to do it. And I, I reassembled 40 spearmen that were in, you know, five or six pieces, each model. And, uh, I had this this idea of converting a phoenix for a vampire lord, <laughs> and uh, then I was like, you know, I'll just convert a frost heart phoenix out of a flame phoenix, and something I always wanted to do. I've seen, I think, Chris Tomlin from the Black Sun is is the one that I've seen a lot where he's he kind of curved it, and and it's more like predatory, I guess, is the way I would describe it. And I I wanted to do that, but take it 
just a little bit further and have it completely wings arched and and setting or standing on a pillar and uh i just kind of went for it and and that project really was what kept me going because it turned out pretty darn cool (laughs) and and just knowing that if i didn't finish the other things i couldn't play that but um having having to be there for you and and that model are the two things that really allowed me to play the army that i wanted to play awesome yeah and when we think think of the (laughs) the sessions on on discord and the motivation (laughs) it it really it became a a partnership of sorts i mean um there were nights where i i did not want to do it but you know bryce bryce would hop on and talk with me while he was doing something else or um you know and other other people would check in here and there because i i spent 48 days consecutively you know hobbying (laughs) for several hours a night um which is its own form of craziness um but yeah, similar like your Phoenix. When I looked at so my my big conversion in the army, I mean every model is converted in mm-hmm. some way. But I I was looking at a Leviathan, the the turtle, and a Star Drake, and I was like, these are similar enough. There's something here. So I I bought both kits from Mini Stomp, and he he <laughs> kind of raised his internet eyebrow at me like, what are okay. you doing? And then I cut first, and I asked questions <laughs> later, and I lopped off the head at a certain point that looked right on the neck, lopped off the tail, and then fused them together, and I have a Levia Drake. And then I was like, I've got these Deepkin boats. He's going to be coming up over the boat. Um, and I, I just kind of I, I went for it and pulled it off, and then... You know everything else. the The whole concept of the army was the fun. You know the Achillean King that's now a Lord Celestin. So I wrote, you know, a, about a half page, two thirds page short story about a Achillean King that his enclave is under siege by the forces of Slanesh, and then uh, Sig Sigmar arrives. You know, forces of Sigmar arrive to try to break the the siege. And they get to a realm gate, and just as he's about to step through the realm gate, he's stabbed through the chest by, you know, bladed scythe of the, the Keeper of Secrets. And then Sigmar takes note of him there in that moment, this hero that isn't a human, and that's the, the whole concept, is their Idaneth that have been reforged as um, as Stormcast Eternal. So, named, you know, made my own storm host, the Brotherhood of the Depths, and uh, kind of went, went from there. But the story was the the big motivator because without that i was like what am i doing deep in heads and weapons and um two kits for every two kits for every every unit was at least you know three or four in some cases yeah and it was i got to see just peaks and little snippets of that as you were working on it and you'd see a model here and you're like oh that's really good and this idea looks really and then as it would grow you're like oh this looks and then the leviathan drake once we saw that like oh this is going to be amazing um and then the sharks you didn't even talk about the sharks um and it's like tonight was the first night i've actually seen the army in person and it's just amazing uh to see but it's yeah so this has been like the culmination for me of seeing all the little pieces (laughs) over the last few months and actually see it in person and it's uh, it was just really cool to see how the the idea which literally was like you showed us like yeah i got this one model and put this 
Ideneth head on this Stormcast. What do you think? And we're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And how it's kind of how it grew into this this huge idea. Yeah, yeah. Seeing seeing the the, the pictures over Discord mm-hmm. and you know stopping over at Ty's house and seeing like the progress and then yeah, uh, like Troy said, yeah, I hadn't seen the official everything done until tonight and yeah, it's so good, so good. At least in person, I've seen pictures, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so then we we made it to Holy Wars. We finished our armies. I'm not going to do a, a game review, but I I do just real quick want to run through my my opponents because mm-hmm. I played five of the. Like Bryce said, it's an environment where everyone's just having fun. Um, you know, I didn't experience any moments of gamesmanship or people like questioning a point. It was just let's roll dice, look at awesome armies, mm-hmm. have some beers, and and have a blast. And uh, I started with a grudge match against um, my Australian nemesis, Christian Ware. Uh, Christian and I have played head-to-head in a, a doubles tournament. Um, Bruce City, round one, we grudged each other. Or round four, then we grudged each other somewhere else. We just play each other three or four times now, and we've always had epically close games. And it, this was another one. His gloom spike gets. Uh, he had some squig bounders. He had a rogue idol, like the big stone elemental mm-hmm. monster. Uh, big spider you know just a bunch of random stuff um and we just had a crazy and wild game ended up a complete draw three to three um i killed like 1600 points of his stuff he killed 1500 points of mine stuff three to three hand in our score sheets absolute blast round two i had the pleasure of playing just another like bryce what would you call tom he's basically almost a shoe-in to be the best game you've ever played like he's just such a friendly it's um, like one of those people that that you see and you just want to hug them because they seem like a wonderful person, and then you hug them and they are that wonderful person. It's a lot like how I play my D and D character. That's who Tom is to me. Maybe, maybe Tom is the, an inspiration for that. But uh, yeah, Tom McClure. He had um, he had gloom spike gets, but all trogs, so all trolls, and he had some converted. He had uh, built from the ground up his mangler uh, mangler squig. Or I think they were manglers, um, but they're yeah. just hilarious green stuff models. Um, and I had a I lost against him, but it came down to the final turn where the Skaven uh, warp warp stone generators blow up and they do like d6 you know damage to everything within th- six inches. So everything's dying. We're counting who has the most models left to figure out who won the game. And he had <laughs> one more model than I did uh, left. <laughs> Um, to get that table objective that swung it in his favor. And then I closed day one against um, Sean Clark. Sean is one of the guys from the Detroit Warhammer Club. Um, Just an incredible player. Um, Very tactical. Um, Always brings tough-as-nails lists. Usually he's a 4-1 or 5-0. I mean, he's in... He challenges for most of the um, award, you know, top awards Mm -hmm. at, at most tournaments he goes to. He was playing the new Flesh Eater Courts, the Gristle Gore, Terrorgeist that strike first. It wasn't even close. I mean, he obliterated me by turn three. We were saying, hey, good game. But um, I said, I'm treating this like a, a, a learning game. I want to know you know, how your army works, why you're making choices you make. And he would advise me after I did something and be like, you know, I'd think about this. So it was, it was really cool to play a game against Sean and get that from the lens of a really competitive, you know, heavy hitter in the tournament scene. Uh and then Sunday morning, I played Aaron Schmidt. He is uh, 
at horse show mini minis or miniatures uh, does a lot of conversion work he won coolest army at meltdown last year with a nurgle force that was heavily converted now he's working on a cool daughters of cane um army that is a little bit it's not huge blocks of witch elves it's you know uh, a bunch of the snake ladies the canary the the winged um ones and then doomfire warlocks had a major win against Aaron, but it was it was super bloody like we were playing on the table with bonfires and that you had the control to earn the objectives but they would at the end of your movement they do like d3 mortals so everything's dying to the bonfires <laughs> and everything's dying in combat um aaron and i just had a had a blast and i wanted to play him each of my opponents i like i wanted to play specifically mm-hmm. um just for for different reasons because him and tom and uh, my brother had played at meltdown last year and had just an epically fun game so i was like i need to make a point of playing aaron and then in uh, Holy Havoc, we ended round five with the guys from Milwaukee matchup. So Dave and I played against Brendan and Bryce. So I figured I'd do the same thing at Holy Wars. So I hadn't, I hadn't ever played Isaiah. Um, Isaiah's a great player. He had his Iron Jaws, and we just sat down and had a fun game. Stormcast and Iron Jaws, meet in the middle, smash stuff up, try to control some buildings. And, you know, I had nine models left at the end of the game. He had one model left. And got a narrow win. I scored two points to his one. We tied each other on almost every objective, except for I got the the main table one. So ended up two two and one, but that didn't matter. I felt like I was five and zero. I mean, it was just one of those, every game was such a blast, such a good time. Bryce, you want to take us through your your matchups and your your games quick? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be super easy because we played like the exact same people. <laughs> <laughs> so I started. I I grudged Tom. Uh, and that was everything I hoped it would be. He he inspired me to paint this army that I have in my hands right now. So Ty mentioned he did he had a all troll army, and I now have an all troll army. So that was awesome and a good time. Second game I played Sean, um, and I I took Sean to his limits, and uh, then that that dragon just got to attack like three times in a row, and that didn't go well, but. <laughs> great time i mean as ty said every game that i played was much the same just just awesome people and and a great time um game three i played christian and i don't mean to discredit my opponents but ty already said all the nice things about them and stole all my thunder so um great time against christian i've actually never played him before and it was someone that i've always you know kind of targeted and never gotten the opportunity to play and it was everything that i expected uh game Four is actually a different opponent. I played Jake uh, LaCruz from uh, Detroit as well, who's another one that, that really brings the filth but but plays extremely well. And he he had Nagash, but he played two zombie dragons against me, so he, he was being kind. And uh, <laughs> that... That game was super close. It's one like the one thing about Holy Wars, and we I mean we've kind of talked about it, but the tables are so crazy and they they can really just decide who wins the game and, and, and at the end and on this table like i think ty you played on it too with the with the worm and you just had yeah. to have the most most models left at the end of the game but it does something like 2d6 holy wounds plus four and holy wounds so you don't get any saves against them so i had a super small army and it basically killed my whole army at the end of the game and jake uh <laughs> had a you know the 40 so he survived and won but it was that was a good time and then uh game five i i challenged the senior ram check so i played played mark and 
I've played Mark before, but I don't know that I've ever played him in a, like a one-on-one match. So that was a lot of fun. He has the Exalted Bloodthirster, the Forge World huge uh, model, and he was playing the Council of Blood, and we played on the Azir table, which is probably like the most famous table that Steve has made, just because it's it's almost breathtaking to look at. It's it's a bunch of floating islands, and you have to you can fly between them and underneath them and it's just this massive massive table so that was a lot of fun and we had some huge moments i had two 12 inch charges and mark did something like 39 wounds to one of my phoenixes with his bloodthirster and it was it was a blast i mean not just the people i got to play but everyone that was there you know we went to that went to a barbecue place for dinner and I'd say probably half the guys that were there, maybe even more, ended up going to that place, and we just kind of all hung out and chatted. And that's my favorite thing about these smaller events is that it's so personable, and you get to talk to all these people and, and make new friends and, and actually get to engage with everyone that's there. And uh, what I, I want to add is when I saw the final, like the final score sheet came out with battle points, um, fan votes for your army and favorite opponent votes, Bryce and I were dead even across the board. We each had 11 <laughs> battle points. We each had one favorite army vote and we each had three favorite opponent votes, which considering we played, um, you, you know, three of the same people, it was pretty cool. Um and uh yeah it was it was just a a blast the camaraderie in that room um what i didn't talk about is steve gave me like a hobby lesson after he scored me and judged me out he said so are you done with this i said no i want to keep working i just don't know how to do some of this stuff so he took me over to his laptop showed me pictures gave me like a 15 minute lesson and like here are some things to do to keep you know keep elevating your your hobby on this army um so it'd be a disservice not to talk about just what a a steward of the hobby uh steve is too and and how great you know all the opponents and rooming with bryce you know um and tom mcclure and then mike one of the indie guys mike westendorf we had the four of us all in a hotel room from different different places and clubs so that experience was really fun all right we've been building it up and building it up for the last <laughs> i don't know how long building what up On building what up sunday afternoon after the score sheets came out then awards got passed out <laughs> what happened so domus arrived a special guest at at the end which was really mm-hmm. cool i won a pack of dice and a model in the raffle bryce did you win anything in the raffle yeah, I won. Uh, I won something. Um, <laughs> truthfully, I can't remember, but I did win something, so that was cool. And then oh, I won a Skaven, Skaven on the spells. That's what I won. And and then, and it then came, Steve it passed came out time. the dragon. Yeah, so, so Adam Trunzo won best general. He went a perfect five and zero with a Skaven list. Trunzo's a great player, um, and he he crushed it. Um, Greg uh, Kirking from Lacrosse won Best Sportsman with four uh, favorite opponent votes over Kyle Knapp from um, kind of the Grognard store group. The, the, pants, the pants Mafia. The Pants Mafia. I think, is he moderate pants or minimum pants? Or, I don't he know. He is moderate, moderate, I think, pants. but I don't know. Don't <laughs> On Twitter, <laughs> yeah. But uh, in the tiebreaker for that was determined by um, paint, right? Paint score? Yep. Oh, it wasn't so, how much pants you had? No. <laughs> so uh, so Greg won Sportsman. 
Um, Vince Venturella was there, which, mm-hmm. I mean, he's next level. Like, yeah. he's a professional painter. Uh, he won fan favorite. Now, you can't win multiple hobby awards. You can't win multiple awards at Holy Wars. That's the other thing. You only get one trophy if you qualify. I like that rule. Um, Martin Orlando won Best uh, Battle Host. Martin came from New York. He's big on the East Coast scene. His Celestial Vindicators on on Twitter. Check him out. He's at CV Consigliere or Consigliere. I can never pronounce it. Mm -hmm. It's the Italian word. Um. But he won Best Battle Host. Then it came time for Best Conversion, and Bryce and I are currently sitting empty-handed. We knew we were both finalists because Steve had asked us about our conversions. Um, And Bryce won Best Conversion for his Phoenix. So um, I'm sitting there, you know, either a a bridesmaid and and runner-up or good things (laughs) are coming. And then he announced the... um, the uh, hammer, the hammer hobbyist award, the overall kind of hobby award. And he said, I never thought I'd give this to an army that has Ideneth Deepkin in it, but Ty and he, he called my name. So I, I won the, um, the hammer hobbyist award. So awesome. Yeah. We, uh, we each got a, a really cool um, piece of hardware and just, you know, all the work and effort and camaraderie that we had built up throughout the, the process to get there. You know, it's not a payoff in that moment, but it's just like a, you're kind of, you get that vindication of yep. mm-hmm. you can, you can take your, your hobby to the next, you know, the, that next level through the, the time and the effort and the, um, you know, different, different techniques and willing to try something new. Yeah. Anyway, it's just cool to get the recognition, right? I mean, that's like that. Everybody's like, this is other people are saying this is really cool. And like, I mean, Bryce's, your conversion was amazing. And, and Ty, I mean, the army was amazing. It's just really cool to, it was to see that picture with both you guys, when you guys send it to us, yeah. um, of course, in BOD Steve. shirts, which yes. is really cool. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah seeing your blood, sweat and tears and, yeah. and paint, uh, actually, you know, translate into something tangible, I think is, is, is awesome. So Bryce, I think you did actually, have some blood in your army, right? <laughs> Didn't you almost chop off your thumb making that? I, I, not making the Phoenix actually. That was trying to cut Neferata off the oh. base. I have a <laughs> bad scar on my thumb actually oh. that I'll probably have the rest of my life. So I'll always yeah. remember your super glued Neferata that drove me through the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but there is there is one thing, and like winning the award was really cool. But I should have probably interrupted with this earlier. There was this moment on Friday night where, so Ty Ty the whole time leading up to it, you know, he, I'm talking about the awards, and I'm saying like, you if you finish this, you're gonna have like a good chance of actually winning this award because this this army is crazy, and and I brought the display board and set it up Friday night. And just the, I think there was a moment where even Ty, he probably won't admit it, but seeing that thing, that army displayed on the table, like the look in his eye and the kind of like a, a proud, what did you call me before? The mentor? Or, yeah. My, my hobby, personal a, trainer. Yeah. 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 It was just a really cool moment to see. Cause I mean, you, you struggled big time with, with the motivation for a while and i think that biggest payoff even though i mean obviously the award was cool and winning that's 
right? But seeing it for the first time all put out and all the people that came up and were like, what on earth did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, after the tournament, um, Dan from AOS Shorts, you know, reaching out on Twitter saying, hey, can I use some of your photos? I think he's going to write, like, a recap. I, I don't, haven't seen it yet, but I know he reached out to Bryce, too, and then, like, the response on Twitter, you know, just the engagements with the different tweets and stuff was it's kind of mind-blowing, you know, seeing people that I've always looked up to in the hobby, you know, and respected mm-hmm. what they're they're doing, looking at it and seeing it show up in, like, the Ideneth Deep King group on Facebook. Like, somebody had posted pictures there. Um, and then, you know, sharing it in different communities was, was really cool. So um, now the motivation is, is there, and it's, like, next project, next thing, you know, kind of got a plan and start working and um definitely holy wars like bryce said i mean holy wars is is on my calendar no matter what if if i can make it happen i'm i'm doing it so even if it is the same weekend as game holcon um i'm, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> or holy havoc is but uh you can do both <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that that was holy wars um in the show notes, we'll be sure to get, you know, the, the Holy Wars Twitter and website info out there and, and try to get uh, at least directed to some of the pictures or we'll do a photo shoot with our armies sometime. Yep. Maybe we'll actually use our Facebook site and throw some stuff up there. Yeah. I think there's some, you do have some stuff up there, didn't you? I think. Maybe, Maybe. not. I don't know. We'll figure it out. There will be. But uh, any any final closing thoughts, Bryce, after, after all of that? I knew we, we went through a lot there. Can I can I ask what's next? I uh, you know I I, I got to keep some secrets, but it's it's going to be, um, it's going to be in Grand Alliance Death, or maybe Grand Alliance Destruction, Death or Destruction, and that that's where I'll leave it. I'm done with secret projects. That was too much stress. <laughs> It, it made it so like the reveal was half the fun like uh just showing it to the, the world so to speak um but yeah it's not gonna be super secret um i'm either doing a dead wah so a mixed destruction force that's all dead um skeletal models and, and ghosts or um a Game of Thrones themed Flesh Eater Court army with Night's Watch cloaks mm-hmm. and a Frost Zombie Dragon and um, the Charnel Throne. I've already started snipping swords to make the Iron Throne. <laughs> so I have all these Stormcast swords and Elf swords <laughs> and other stuff. So uh, one, of, one of those two projects is where I'm motivated. I don't know if that'll be my Holy Wars project, but for sure that's like what I've bought what I've lined up to start working on. How about you, Bryce? What What's next? It's just what's what I'm doing now. I can't think past <laughs> 20 days away, and I decided to start an army 10 days ago. So uh, You're crazy. I, I like you, but you're crazy. Yeah. This one should be cool, though. I'm, I'm really... if It's either going to be really cool or it's just going to be very blah. So... I'm hoping that it's it's really cool, but we'll see what I'm able to do. Trying things that that I've never tried before, so it looks cool Wish so far. Luck. I'm a fan. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, that that will wrap up our Holy War segment. Thanks again, uh, Bryce, for for joining us. Appreciate the time. And uh, I, I personally, you know, thank you again in the most public of forums for all the, the help and, and and teaching and, you know, patience with uh, me as I wanted to quit 15 times along the way. <laughs> so thanks, man. Happy to help. Happy to be on air. <laughs> only one do it twice. Be the only one to do it three times. We'll, we'll get the three P. No. All right. We'll be back shortly with an Adepticon preview. Welcome back from the break. We are locked and loaded, ready to talk about Adepticon. Adepticon is just a, a huge spectacle event in Schaumburg, Illinois, that we we attend in some capacity every year for the last several. Um, try, I was trying to think several. about. I mean, I was trying to think about when I first went to Adepticon back in Lombard with you. Um, how long ago that was and it, it feels like it was probably eight or nine years yeah, we're getting close to um to that and i had been going for what are we at this year 15 are we at 15 more 16 16 i think it's 16 i think it's 16 this year and yeah so mm-hmm. i've been going close to close to 15 years something like that i think john and i went to one of the first three um down there when it was just all it was was like this small team tournament i think i've t- talked about that so yeah it's been cool yeah. to <laughs> see the, the monster that it is now josh you've been coming down for at least a day or two if, if not the whole weekend for the last handful of years as well yeah probably five or six yeah. yeah so every year we try to play in a few events sometimes more than others and uh Troy, you've always run stuff. So what we're going to do, rather than you know a full walkthrough of Adepticon and everything you can do there, because it is it is huge at this point, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the events that we are registered for, the events that uh, some of us are running there, and what we have planned, um, and then any you know I like to call them extracurricular activities. We've talked a little bit about Dr. Gabe's kill team, and we might have the the Anvil 8 Basement of Death DUI 500 mm-hmm. Gaslands game on Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, so, you know, just some of that other stuff. But we'll talk about that, and then just some tips and pointers or things you should check out when you're wandering through the the halls of Adepticon. Um, so I guess let's let's talk events. Um, I'll go through kind of my, my itinerary, and then uh, I'll, I'll kick it over to, to either Josh or Troy. So go figure, I'm playing some Age of Sigmar. Uh, mm-hmm. Thursday, I'm signed up to play in a 1,000-point Vanguard tournament. This year, the Vanguard tournament, um, past years, it was two three-round events on Thursday. This year, they're doing one five-round event. So kind of a grand tournament style, five rounds, all condensed into one day. Um, someone to bring a Stormcast uh, army, go figure, um, to, <laughs> to that. Uh Another another arena to kind of show the uh, the Brotherhood of the Depths uh, often, um, and then Friday is the team tournament. I'm partnered up with the uh, the host of Cubic Shenanigans, Dan Bears. Dan and I are gonna bring some uh, some order filth. I'll be playing Stormcast. He'll be playing Daughters of Cain. So we'll have two huge blocks of Witch Elves, and then either Starbreak and Star Drake and some Sequiturs, or just a couple blobs of Sequiturs and Evocators. Um, and, and see if we can uh, 
win some games. I, I think our, our goal is to win two games. If, if we happen to somehow win three, that'd be amazing, but we definitely want to want to win two. Um, then Saturday, unlike most years, I'm not playing in the championships. I'm not playing in the full five round tournament, kind of doing a uh, Adepticon light, um, this year. So Saturday I am signed up for, um, a RPG, uh, with Anvil 8 games, the Ethereum role-playing game. Um, and then a painting flesh with Duncan Rhodes Ooh, uh, nice. at four thirty on Saturday, and then my Sunday is wide open. Hopefully, hopefully get a pickup game. Uh, Doctor Gabe and I um, doing our annual uh, Adepticon friendly um, <laughs> as St. <laughs> Louis and, and Milwaukee meet on the field of combat. Um, but that is as far as the ticketed events. That's that's what I'm signed up for. Um, Josh, what what do you got going on? Yeah, so I'm also playing in the Vanguard event, um, and I'm also playing in the team tournament uh, Age of Sigmar event with friend of the show Marlin. Uh, he's going to be bringing uh, his, his Stormcast. His Stormcast, yeah. I'm <laughs> totally blanking. I'm like, what is he bringing? Yeah, his Stormcast, and uh, I'm likely bringing Zinch. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> will you do? Will you do the same thousand then in the Vanguard or something different? I'm thinking I'll, I'll just for ease of travel, uh, I'll probably do the same uh, the same list in both. But uh, that's TBD. So we'll we'll see there. But um, and then also running um, uh, Zombicide. Uh, so we have our. Um, are two scenarios that that, we're, that Troy and I are going to run. Um, so yeah, that should be fun. Um, hopefully, what, we'll. What day is the zombie side stuff? Saturday. Saturday. Cool. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. So yeah, ten and two. Ten and two. Yeah. Yep. Like like where you keep your hands mm. on the wheel. <laughs> ten and two. I might I might wander by at ten if I'm if I'm sober. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had a we had a spot last year, and uh, I think we had two spots uh, for the second, or vice versa. I'm not bring, sure. I'll so, bring my yeah. grayscale heroes down. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be awesome. Uh, how about you, Troy? What do you got going on? I am on Thursday. I'm doing night fight. That's not darkness. It's actually 40k nights. So it's just uh, like. You, it's all nights, just in the kind of a free for all battle. Uh, they have Is it at night? No, it is not at night. Oh. It is in the morning at 10. I'm then doing a painting class. <laughs> um, kind of level up your painting. I can't remember who the teacher, but I, it just um, should should be a nice hope. I'll probably pick up a couple things. You're always doing some of these stuff. Uh, and then we kind of start the uh, um, the Space Hulk uh trek So I will probably be kind of setting up some Space Hulk, and then I hopefully I can jump in on the the kill team action we'll have going on that night after we get that. And then we're probably going to run a space Hulk event that Thursday night also. Um, and then all day Friday is back to back space Hulk, um, kind of from, I don't know, 10 to 10. Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, we'll, we'll be doing that. Um, and then I sleep for a while and then we're doing zombicide on Saturday, which is a lot less. Mm -hmm. Yeah less energy and then i ha- and i'm gonna play uh i have i'm in the kill team on sunday uh kill team actual real kill team tournament on sunday which will always is optional depending on the energy level and everything else mm-hmm. but i i'll probably high 
likelihood of doing that, especially because my Saturday's not super, uh, super busy. But do you, do you hear how he downplays it? The zombie side's a lot less. He just hates me, I guess. <laughs> you are the least favorite member. Of this yeah, yeah. You're the 16th slotted. No, in it's our, just that I'm, I'm slowly like, less. I think we're going to just, we're going to slowly at some point, I'm just going to retire space. Hulk and we're just going to run zombie side game. Cause it's, the the ease of setup and then it is it play. is like one bin versus uh yeah it's true like versus things. three and, bin. and people just kind of yeah. like play and there's like and it's like you're not like totally drained by the time you're done the and fun to crazy setup ratio is yeah much much less so and it still looks really cool i think even we're going to add a few things i think it's we mm-hmm. keep up in the level even on the zombie side stuff so totally pretty cool wait till the second level gets added just wait there's yeah. more that'd be amazing all right so um you, you mentioned a painting class i'm taking a painting class one thing i wanted to touch on about adepticon the hobby seminars um there's so many i know matt found one with a i can't think of the artist's name but he found a class he's going to sign up for there's some great airbrush classes mm-hmm. and uh alone uh, aside from that i'm going to look at badger's setup for a compressor perhaps and some of the accessories because i i got i forgot to mention i got my uh, Patriot from Badger Airbrush, so that shipped this week. So I want to maybe even find like a I don't know if there's a quick intro to airbrushing class. Um, there's a what I did last year, and I don't know. A lot of times Ken from Badger Airbrush does like a one-on-one a one class for nothing. I think mm-hmm. I, or, or free. I've, I sat in and once was was really good. Uh, and then last year I did get in a CK Studios, their version of like their 101. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was painting like vehicles or something else like that, which was huge. Like, um, so yeah, I, it's awesome to just get, there's so much going on. I mean, the hobby stuff fills up as fast now as like the big tournaments do. Although there's, like you said, especially stuff that is classes that are run during the day when the big yeah. tournaments are, you yeah. tend to find that there is some some space to do that. And then there's that huge, um, we're going to talk about things to check out kind of under the stairs, kind of hidden back. Like there is an area where artists are just kind of mm-hmm. an open area. Well, they'll just kind of hang out. Uh, sometimes you'll find James, like James, James Waffle, Waffle will kind like of hold court owns that spot yeah. in there, but you'll see a lot of people in there and they kind of have it set up with different brushes and you'll just, a lot of people that are just there as artists, we'll just kind of hang out and you, and you can always ha- hang out and talk and pick up some tips yeah. and, and talk to, talk to people. So awesome. Uh, let's, let's delve a little bit into some of these, um, exclusive, uh, Adepticon events being held by Anvil 8 games or basement <laughs> of death that are, uh, members only <laughs> events. <laughs> We'll have a velvet rope and security at the door. <laughs> Dr. Gabe will be checking his list, and you, you better be on his list uh, to play. But we're doing Thursday Thursday night, a kill team event. I think we've got 16 players. We'll probably end up around 12 to 14. Um, we got a, a room reserved. We got six or seven tables ready to go, uh, and we'll, we'll mix it up. And uh, there's some cool Anvil 8, Basement of Death uh, dice. Yeah. Um, and everybody will show up for some some drunken, I'm sure to be drunken right. games of Kill Team. And some of us, after five games of AOS, may be uh, totally fried. But that that is going on Thursday night. Um, 
Friday night after the team tournament, there will probably be the um, the steak uh, steak dinner. We've gone to Morden's the last, started as a small group of us three years ago. Uh, and we've gone then, and the group's gotten bigger as, as we've gone um, for a, just one of those three-course meals, you know, where you're spending a lot of money but sitting around just hanging out and enjoying the, the company <laughs> and some great food. Uh, and then Saturday, we're going to do the Anvil 8 Basement of Death DUI 500 <laughs> Gaslands Super Race. So we've got some custom templates that Eric had made. Uh, so bring bring some cars, bring some beer. Um, I think there's going to be a drinking requirement. You have to drink to play. <laughs> and no big rigs allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we learned how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so just a few of those side events, that'll be a lot of fun with, you know, the, the best mm-hmm. part of Adepticon is the group of people that's down there, similar to the, some of the other bigger mm-hmm. shows we go to, um, just hanging out around the bar with, you know, with Brian right. and Will and some of those guys just to plug, um, Anvil 8, I know we, we had, uh, scheduling didn't quite work out, but wanted to, to talk a little bit about their booth, um, this year. They're kind of becoming one of the premier vendors. You know, they get some good, good coverage, good show space. It's their home ice. Uh, they've mm-hmm. used that analogy plenty of times. But Anvilate Games will have um, some sessions of Ethereum, the role playing game, which uh, is due out at some point later, 2019. Um, so a cool chance to check that game out um, and see what it's all about. Uh, their tactical miniature skirmish game, Ethereum. Um, they will have some models for one of their new factions. Um, I'm not. It used to be named something. Now it's something else. So I'm not going to mispronounce it. But it's kind of the the monks that live um, that are in the Ethereum uh, in some way. Without they've found a way to ascend and and transfer their reality into the Ethereum without jacking in through like a computer or rig. And then, of course, you can run some demos of Frontline No Comrades. Um, and they'll, they'll have a playroom going with, I think, Frontline and Ethereum. So they actually have a room that they'll have some, some play events going in uh, throughout the weekend. So be sure to stop by Anvil 8. Tell Will, if you see a, a gentleman with a beard named Will, that uh, playing and slaying sent you. And, and that you love Zevia. And that you love Zevia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what what are some other you know things that maybe we haven't talked about, but you want to make a point of checking out vendors or um, you know tournament spectacle, other other things that when you think Adepticon, you you know you want to hit it this year, guys. Uh, the paint competition, all the models, crystal brush. the crystal brush, yeah. It, um, I always like to take a spin through there and check out all the awesome art. That's uh, is, some of it's just so amazing. Um, I, yeah, I, I I always take. Uh, at least uh, a good 20 minutes half hour to walk through and and check out everything that's in there um so yeah i would that's my recommendation for adepticon uh yeah i'll second the crystal brush uh, amazing miniatures you're, you you're never going to see anywhere anywhere else uh just amazing stuff but uh other spectacles are i would say saturday night the army displays for the team tournament, mm-hmm. which is the the jewel kind of crown jewel of the Depticon, is still probably the 40k team tournament, uh, where you have whatever 500 or whatever 100 and some teams, 500 people. Um, but it's the the army display in the hallway where they'll fill up the hallway 
with all these massive, some of them are massive. A lot of them have smoke, uh, video, music, um, LED lights LED everywhere, LED lights, <laughs> costumes. Uh, who knows? There'll be uh, if you get a chance to do that parade um, Saturday night. Uh, check it out. It's the amount of, I mean, it, like uh, everywhere you see the amount of creativity and everything else, but it's just amazing to see it get displayed. So that's always kind of one of the highlights is to make sure we kind of do that tour at some point on Saturday evening. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the vendor hall, uh, continues to impress me every year. It gets a little bigger and a little bigger. Um, I'm hoping this year there's a, a, a miniatures game that's 50 millimeter scale called judgment. Um, it's based on MOBA style games so that, um, you know, multiplayer online battle arena where you control three to five miniatures and their heroes fighting. Um, the miniatures are just incredible. So I'd like to get a demo of that in, um, and then walk through the tournament space. I'm looking forward to Saturday, not playing in the championships, but just kind of hanging out, stopping by tables, heckling, you know, seeing, seeing who's playing (laughs) on the top table, getting to spectate that. And, uh, you know, see see some people that um, usually I, I don't get a chance to see. So with Matt flying in, spend some time with him. Uh, that'll be that'll be super fun. And then uh, the the one thing too is always who do you see in the bar? Um, the <laughs> celebrity, you know, the the hobby the celebrity, celebrity sightings. Um, be it the independent characters or uh, some of the guys from Face Hammer or who knows, you know, somebody Dave Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pulls up a bar stool next to you. So. Um, that's certainly a few of the, the highlights for me. And then um, we will do a, a pretty comprehensive review of our play experiences, our games, and, and what we do after the show. So we're about 20 days out from Adepticon. Probably won't get another ep- episode in before Adepticon. Mm-hmm. We're kind of nose to prep. the hobby table and, and prepping. <laughs> uh, but we will do a, a full review um, and, and breakdown of what we did, what we saw, what we bought, and, and all the craziness uh, shortly thereafter. Anything else on Adepticon or I would so Space Hulk this year we are in the Utopia room. So if you want to kind of stop by on Friday, um kind of and, and see the um I don't want to toot our own one of the spectacles of Adepticon of the uh our wonderful Space Hulk game, feel free. But so we are not out we used to be kinda of up in the foyer on the second level. We're still up on that second level, but then the Utopia room up there. Um so check that out. Um, the other thing up there too is the, usually tucked away a little bit is the horse heresy room. Again, if you want to see some incredible tables and models that these guys that the, you know that these guys have put together, uh, some of the heresy battles and tables is are amazing. Uh, the, the amount of detail, like you know, the historical future, right, <laughs> uh, is pretty cool. Absolutely. All right, awesome, and and we will be uh, tweeting and you know facebooking throughout so I'm, I'm sure you'll see different stuff as as we go through the adepticon weekend on either the show's twitter or um our individual uh twitter presence mm-hmm. all right we're gonna get into the uh the nitty-gritty of what we like to call the play it or slay it review and um you know play it or slay it usually we review games card games um different uh you know board games you, a big part of gaming is the dice. So I thought today what we would talk about is the themed dice that Games Workshop releases for some, not all of their armies. For the Sylvaneth, they were wood. 
for the Idanith, they were clear with weird symbols and blue that you couldn't read. Um, <laughs> for Nurgle, they had little pustules instead of pips. Um, and for most recently, Gloomspike Gits, they released squig dice, rubber, slightly weirdly shaped dice that actually bounce and bound across the table when you roll them. Um, these dice come in packs of, it's, it's gotta be between 10 and 20, um, D sixes, uh, price points right around $20. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are themed each one to a specific army. Um, you know, and, and ultimately you need the dice to play, but you need the themed dice. So, I, I think I'll, I'll kick it off with kind of the the concept. I think is clever. It's a ancillary product. You know, that's a good way to make a little extra coin. I don't know that Games Workshop, in their banner year that they had in eighteen, needs to sell dice to make ends meet and keep the lights on. <laughs> um, but some of them, I think, are better executed than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the pleasure of playing against Tom McClure, uh, who asked permission if he could roll his squig dice because <laughs> they truly go all over. So right. he'd roll them into a dice box. Um, and it was, it was kind of funny as one would escape under the table and like just bound away <laughs> and keep going. Um, so comedy aside though, the, the practicality of these dice, I mean, they're dice. Um, for me, I, I prefer the standard pips on dice. I don't like numbers. I don't like weird symbols. Um, for a D6 and then higher number D20 obviously you don't need pips you need a number um, but the the Games Workshop dice for me are a little hard to read I don't know if you guys have personal experience playing with them Josh do you own any for your armies? I do I own the Zinch ones um, and it comes with 18 dice 18 yeah so there's uh, well the Zinch specifically one uh, I don't know about the other ones but uh, so it's nine and nine. So there's nine red, or I'm sorry, nine yellow and nine kind of black and blue, um, and yellow and blue. Um, and there's actually a, so the, the destiny dice uh, for a Zinch army. You roll nine dice at the beginning of the game, uh, and there's actually a dice holder that holds nine dice um, that, that that is included with it. So you roll your destiny dice and you can kind of put them in this little holder, which is sort of nice. I mean, it's, it's not a need to have, but it's a nice to have. Um, and they're different than any other dice. So, um, you know, I can use my normal dice for normal dice rolling and then use those specifically for destiny dice. And I think for that, um, application, it works great. You know, you're not rolling dice that are bouncing all over the place. You're not rolling something that you can't read. Um, well, you can't read them, but it really doesn't matter. <laughs> well, because, the, Z- the Z- ones are actually <laughs> because they're destiny dice. So you don't read. It. They are you what just, you need I, them to be. Yeah. Right. So exactly. Josh just says this is a four, and you're like, I think that's sure. That's yeah, fine. it's a four. That's a four whatever. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the Zinch ones uh, specifically are are easier to read than most of the other ones. No. Um, no, you don't no, think so? No, I don't think Well, I, not the dark ones. I, I, yeah, the dark. I don't actually use the dark ones. I yeah, only use I the yellow ones. Yeah, those are okay. Yellow and blue, like those the contrast okay. is, yeah. But still not great. Yeah. But anyway, um, 
I think they work good because yeah, you're not rolling them all the time. They're right. they're just yeah. static. I, so yeah, I, I think I would be annoyed if I was. I mean, as I played you, I don't mind them as a destination. They make total sense. I think that's totally awesome. I think I would be annoyed if you were rolling them because they right. are, even though they're they're still hard to read. And yeah, so if you were, I don't think any sense. of them are very yeah. easy to read uh, for for what it's worth. But so I, I think that's something in general I, I've found as. I don't care enough about like needing to win to want to inspect every die roll of my opponent. Like mm-hmm. there's a level of trust where mm-hmm. if I'm playing somebody in in a tournament, right? Like you're here if you're here to cheat to win, mm-hmm. cool. Like yeah. good on you. Go win your game. Right. I'll trust. You know, just tell me what you got. How many saves do I need to make? Okay, cool. Because so many dice now are so hard to read yeah. as we get more yeah. symbols and more weird stuff and colors yeah. that, like I've I've always played in a way i roll my dice in clear view and all of my dice are white with black marks or bone with black or like blue with white so very distinguishable counts mm-hmm. and i i do that just as a courtesy you know that's kind of the don't be a dick at the table be a gentleman try to get favorite yep. opponent votes like yep. Yep. <laughs> part of it is dice etiquette right um so it, I, I think the theming is cool, but it, it is frustrating that some mm-hmm. of them are so hard to decipher what um, what they say. Do you have any? You have the Sylvaneth ones, right? Uh, I do not. Those are actually oh. independent. Those are like Chessex ones, and all okay. they and they are just they're just regular D sixes, but they're wood. And I, I, again, I took those because they were very themey with the Sylvaneth, mm-hmm. and I but I felt they weren't like dick dice like they were right they they're normal they got pips on them there's no symbols on them can we get that trending on twitter hashtag dick dice (laughs) it'll be if you ever play somebody with dice you can't read you just take a picture of the dice dice. and you hashtag dick dice it so anybody out there in in tournament competitive playland we want to see your hashtag dick dice um, (laughs) examples on the tables of adepticon bonus points if there's actual little penises <laughs> I like, yeah it all goes about don't be a dick as the rule right, right so yeah. if you have a yeah are you playing somebody who has dick dice right. yeah um yeah <laughs> so i try to make like the sylvanith ones i try to have very i i think hopefully they're very normal uh and people aren't annoyed with them um i do have the other ones i do have is the ultramarine dice um, of course you do right of course <laughs> um which are totally i don't know if i've ever actually used them uh, they're one. They're Roman numerals, and all the, like. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Like, even if I could read the dice when you rolled them, like, what, like, what number is that? Um, a Plus, they try to assert themselves as the new emperor and take over. So you don't necessarily want to do that. But they are really. They're actually just really cool as a theme. But I don't think I've ever actually played with them. Um, I did, and again, just I don't want to throw it under the bus i think i played against somebody with the death guard there was like death guard dice or something um and just they were impossible like i had no idea what the guy was yeah. he could have been rolling anything because i like their symbols on both yeah. whatever they're all dark like i had no yeah. idea like, so I, I got a couple of sets of them line portance dice because they're they're like black dice with kind of a gold white like inlay but yeah there's a skull on the one and a compass like the malign portance symbol on the six so dice that have symbols on one and six, like most of the GW ones, it's like, come on. Not playable. Yeah, man. like, <laughs> yeah. this is silly. So I use those for my wound counters. <laughs> like, I count up using my Malign Portance dice mm-hmm. um, for wound suffered. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very particular about, like, my dice. I, 
Um, I have dice I really love and I use them for all my armies. And then when they fail me, I put them aside and I use a different mm -hmm. set of dice in my dice bag. But um, I've bought Blood Angel dice in the past, but they weren't playable. You know, it was, it was like they were tough to read. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't bought any AOS themed dice. Um, I got in the raffle a set of the Stormcast dice, oh. so we'll see if I can figure those out. But the, you talked about the deep the deep kin ones are ridiculous. The, like, yeah, yeah, they're like a clear acrylic <laughs> with a very faint bluish yeah. green like symbol. And it was a symbol, right? And it's yeah, like so a slash mark or a squiggle. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I have no idea what they. are <laughs> You need like a chart to yeah. match up the symbol. If I ever see anyone with them, I'm going to be like, "Can you just roll other dice, please?" Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, so I guess you know, from from a price point standpoint and what you're getting, um, dice like custom dice in general are very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're buying cheap dice sets from Chessex, you know, mass produced mini D sixes. Um, so I, I think from a price point, it it makes sense. They're as most GW products, they're a little more expensive than you would mm. you would pay for something else similar. Mm -hmm. um, the aesthetic is is interesting and unique. They're doing stuff that you know other dice companies really aren't. And um, but practicality, it, it doesn't hit yeah. a practical like mark for me. And I'm a very practical dice um, connoisseur. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I don't want too many dark like colors with dark symbols and I don't want all these swirls and images. I just want to know what I rolled. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, let's go to the player to slay it decision. We've talked about the, the dice. Um, I'm, I'm going to slay it. They're not for me and I would prefer my opponent not use them, but I'm never going to be that much of a dick at the table to say, Hey, don't roll those. Yeah. But, um, nah, no, thanks. So I will say slay it except for the Zinch dice because there's an a application for it, you know, for the Destiny dice. Um, uh, that's the... And really, I wouldn't have any any uh, other army dice except for the Zinch ones. So um, Those yeah. dice have a little switch on the bottom of the table where they, like, change. Yeah, you can, like, you, you, like flick it and then it switches it to a pops, six. pops, like, what was the Boggle? Yeah. Was that with yeah. the keys? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So now we know why. Yep. Josh yeah. Totally. Wants yep. Totally. Dice. Now we get yeah. it. Yeah. Lord of changing Lord of change your dice. dice. Exactly. No, that's what the little holder yeah. sword holds them all in, in yeah. place. So yeah. you're a slay it except when it's Ex Yeah. Well, or the nine destiny dice. It's because it has a practical application. All okay. the other ones, I think, are. So it's, yeah, it's like a half slay it. Yeah. It's right. Still slaying it, but yeah. halfway. Yeah. Well, and even Three more quarters. so because all the other ones. Would slay. you say point nine? Point. Point nine tenths slay. Well, it's I'd say like a point one. No, no, no. Point nine slay. Yeah, yeah. Point nine slay. Point one play. There you go. Math is hard. Math is hard. Troy, dice, math, play it or slay. Um, I'm, I'm like I say, I own, I own the ultramarine ones. I'm actually tempted. I, I think if I find them and I might do it as like those squig dice just look ridiculous. Like I feel like I just might want to own those. Like even though I'm never going to play with them, but like who? I think I, I think there's a game to be played there that's like squig herd, and you just like you roll the dice and you see which ones bounce the furthest with the highest number values, yeah, right. and you like collect your. And how many models it can knock over as you roll? Well, that's the other thing. I mean, yeah. yeah. Right. 
So I, I don't know what that means. So I'm slaying for for actually slaying him for actually using the dice. But from a collector point of view, I'm still I'm probably a play it or I'm I'm, I'm everyone. If I see a set that I really think is aesthetic and it aligns with like if there's really cool Sylvaneth or Altarine or Necron, if they put out like a cool metal looking whatever, um, <laughs> I would probably buy them, but never really play with them. Well, or only Necron dice would just have fours, fives, and sixes <laughs> on two sides each for those reanimation <laughs> protocols. All right. Awesome. All right, uh, we'll we'll say it a pretty universal slay from a practical standpoint with mm-hmm. a possible play from an aesthetic standpoint. I didn't know we split hairs like that, but let's uh, <laughs> let's move along. Um, that brings us though to the end of the show. So thank you everyone for uh, tuning in, downloading, listening, hanging in there with us as we talked about uh, the the hobby forward initiative, um, hobby first, friendship second, competitive play third. Um, and we'll take that and head into the tournament season and uh, convention season. So as, as we talked about, Adepticon is kind of next up on everyone's calendar. Here we are in the first week of March, and it is right around the corner, March 27th to the 31st in Schaumburg at the Renaissance uh, Hotel and Convention Center. Um, in May, we have the Brew City Brawl. Um, we have a uh, full um, full tournament list. All three of us are going. A lot of people coming in for that one. Um, that's May 17th through the 19th, one week after my wedding. So <laughs> good thing I got an army already done for that one. Uh, then Nexus Memorial Day weekend or shortly thereafter? Uh, first the week, week after. in June, yep. Um, that'll be out in Brookfield, I think, at the Sheridan. Yep. Uh, Origins Game Fair in Columbus. Um, yep. That is a great convention. If you get a chance to go, go for it. Not sure if I'm going to make that one yet this year or not. Um, but that's but early, early June again. Early I think June. The, the teens, 10, <clears throat> 10, 13, something like yeah. that. And then uh, I just wanted to plug a event that um, my brother and I, Bryce, a lot of the guys from Milwaukee are signed up for Midwest Meltdown. It's July 27th to the 29th. Um, Domus runs that one. We went down last year, had a blast. Um, this year, uh, he wanted to increase the numbers to 80. It's now become hashtag uh, go to 120, trying to get up to 120 player uh, Age of Sigmar tournament. The venue changed from um, Peoria to Bloomington, found a hotel and convention center in Bloomington that had a little bit more room. Um, registration actually for the general public open tonight. Um, there's a Facebook group, uh, Domus is on Twitter. You'll see it all over the place. If you want to go, it's a great, great group of people, um, playing Age of Sigmar, a very competitive tournament, um, but a, a very fun group with some really great hobbyists as most of the Midwest events are. Um, <clears throat> last I checked, it was around 90 players, uh, paid and signed up. If we get to a hundred, we can expand to have the room for up to 120 otherwise it'll be an 80 player uh, event cap and that is july 27th to the 29th the week and before gen con so mm-hmm. gen con the first week in august um and if that's your thing gen con is huge and games everywhere and we've talked about that a lot before and uh we'll have at least two-thirds of the hosts at gen con this year all right that brings us to the real fun, our contact. Hey, if you like the show, review us on iTunes. If you don't like the show, let us know what we can do to make you like it. Um, keep listening, though. Check us out at Facebook. You know, engage with us on Twitter at Plan Slam Show. 
check out the blog posts and the, the other stuff that goes up with each episode on basementofdeath.com. Email any one of us feedback, send us a message. Let us know if there's something you want us to do at Adepticon or check out for you if, you, if you're not able to go. Show us what's your hobby and what you're working on. Um, and as we head into uh, the convention season, enjoy your games. Don't be a dick. Have fun. And uh, just share and spread the hobby. So, all right. Let's keep the dice rolling. The drink's on ice. And no matter what, keep playing and slaying. Testing. Testing. Uh, 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 I can't hear anything I'm saying. Really? I'm really quiet. No, maybe. I don't know. What do you think? You're, you're also whispering. Oh, that would be That could be a part of it. It could be. Mm-hmm. I think it's the whisper. But Ty seems louder than I am. Is that on purpose? Is that on purpose? I, I think thing? you sound exactly the same. You think so? Talk at the same time. Hello. Hello. Goodbye. See you later. Thank you for coming to the See? show. See, Ty's louder than I am. This is, this is, this is you're trying to phase me out. That That's better? how it works, isn't it? That better? Well, I was about to talk to you guys that most podcasts <laughs> don't go beyond this episode 30. <laughs> so maybe we just we walk away from it. Mm-hmm. We just do it and we stop and we're like never seen from again. No explanation, no tweets. <laughs> just walk just away. pod fade. Pod fade. Mm-hmm. And then come back like a year from now and be like, oh, that was still 31. That was crazy. (laughs) That was crazy. Troy got called up to active duty in the Ultramarines and went off to fight. In the Ultramarines. Went off to fight Acadia. Acadia stands. (laughs) And then Ty, like, joined the Gods of Chaos. He became a, a demon prince of Korn and Nurgle, the first demon prince to serve two Chaos gods. Then Josh was all like greater good, painting my towel blue because I like Rabuti, Rabuti silly man. Oh, that's not it at all. And then we just, you know, we're back. See, I th- I thought I was going to be stuck in Troy's basement with with all the uh, factory workers, three D printing uh, all his mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. it's little people. Mm-hmm. With matches, mm-hmm. and then they take old sprues, and they're melting it into filament, into filament, and then they <laughs> and then they dribble it drop by drop to make <laughs> the new models. I give them a spec, like, hey, I need you to. Mm-hmm. So a lot of big, you just have to buy a lot of big lighters, mm-hmm. plenty of old sprues. So you just and you pay them in Bitcoin. Pay him in Bitcoin, I mm-hmm. think. No, you just you pay him in um, paint, old paint, old paint. old GW paint, <laughs> like all dried up. Yeah, because you can eat that. It's worth it. It's like nutritious. Is it? Yeah, you chew on it. Mm. 
Which colors are the most nutritious? Um, usually, like, uh, what's the bone one? I don't know. Bone. Bleach bone? Bleach, bleach bone. Bleach bone? Whoa. Bleach bone. Yeah. Say that three times fast. Bleach bone. Bleach bone. Bleach bone. It's like a warm-up. <laughs> Get the tongue and the teeth. <laughs> Ty, what was the thing that you said Troy says wrong? Sorcerer. So I know I can't. I hate. I have he to says, really think you know, about it. Saucer and saucer. I know, and then I like have to think about. I'm like, I'm and saying, and I think, sorcerer. I think you do it on purpose. Well, I do it. So I over, like, sometimes I overthink saucer. it, and I'm like, I'm gonna say it wrong, and I'm gonna say it wrong. I don't know how they came up the other night. I'm like, it just dri- it drives me nuts. My saucer has a teacup. So- sorcerer. Sorcerer. And then I have a saucer too. <laughs> he serves sauce. He comes out. It's like a guy's like a waiter that comes out and just gives you sauce. <laughs> I was about to drink. <laughs> I'm really glad I did. Would you like some ketchup? With that? Here, I have my, my saucer is yep. over here. Tomato sauce. <laughs> Cheese sauce. Those would be the spells. Here's some uh, chaos sauce. Hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Barbecue sauce. Cajun sauce. That's what a saucer does. Mm-hmm. Now, see, now I'm going to be, like, really stuck. I say it wrong all the time anyway, Now I'll really say it wrong. I, to be honest, I never noticed. I'm a sorcerer. 